Hello, and welcome to another episode of Starside Chat. I'm one of your hosts, Zach, and joining me as always is Aaron. Hello. How are you doing in Starfield? Pretty good. Uh, I don't know if we want to launch directly into that. I know that's something we're going to talk about, but we have uh, a lot of other things to talk about, too. Yeah, we. Uh, you've played more than me, but I'm, I think, level 22. I have completed the uh, Freestar Rangers quest. Oh, so you got the, the ship and the gun that you were got after. the ship and the gun. The ship is cool. I'm liking it. I was using the razor leaf for a good amount of time, that mantis yeah. one, but uh, the Freestar one is, like, so much bigger. Yeah, um, I like, I, on both of them, I, like, swapped out some habs so that I could have, like, the workbenches and... Yeah. Um, I think maybe added some like cargo space, but uh, I've been using the the Freestar Rangers one. What is that called? Star Eagle. I've been using mm-hmm. that one uh, for the vast majority of my uh, playthrough so far. But I think I'm on the precipice of creating my own ship. I, I believe I need to do a little bit more piloting so that I can get I can pilot Class B ships because I want I think to make a bigger ship. But um, I have a ton of money because I'm not really spending money on anything. And I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos about, like, the best, like, habs and stuff to use. Um, So by this time next week, I may have created my own ship. But I'm liking that Star Eagle a lot right now. What I really want to do is is to be able to have, like, more crew members Mm. than I can currently have. And I think I need to, like, level up my, like, social... Uh, tree in order to get to a skill that will like allow me to increase the number of crew members I can take at once. Mm. Uh, And then I want to sort of expand a ship that I either currently have or like buy a new one and do a bunch of modifications to it and make it so that I can have just like a a lot of crew members with me because they they each have like some sort of uh, like skill that directly helps you out with your ship. Like, we talked about how Sam uh, it can be a little bit annoying because he has his kid with him and they're always talking about books while you're like trying to do stuff. <laughs> um, but he has like, I think like a high piloting skill and um, something else. He has another skill that also helps with your ship. Uh, and then Vasco is also good to have on the ship. And I think even like Andreja and um what's his name barrett also have some good skills for that but i need to like look around uh, and find like the best possible like companions to add to your crew that are like not the constellation group uh i've added one that is like outside of constellation because he had some decent skills for for the ship but also he was like involved in some sort of quest i did i don't remember whether it was a main quest or a side quest but he i like happened upon him and he was like hey you you still uh like want to allow me to join your crew and i was like oh yeah let's do that uh so yeah i i want to like have a giant crew basically there is uh the thing that i want to use and the thing maybe you should take a look at there is a a cockpit called the it's called like the cabot i think that is huge it's like two stories and it has stairs in between the the levels and it has oh, like really? enough yeah it's got like i think you can have like max crew stations on on that uh cockpit 
And Do I you really have to have like a special that. crafting skill to be able to craft that one? I don't know. I haven't even gone looking for it yet because I think you need to be you need to be able to pilot class B ships before you can grab it. Maybe I'm not sure, but <laughs> I think it's in the Hope Tech uh, like library of parts you can purchase. Mm. Yeah, I need to play around with it more. I, I played around with it for a little while, and then I I uh, was like not sure because of the fact that like your ships don't carry forward with you when you go into new game plus i was like i don't know if maybe i want to do too much with this but i've been playing like so much and doing so many like little side quests i was like it would be nice to have like more crew members so um i don't know if like my current like save file is going to be like the sort of sandbox one that i just like keep returning to or if i'm gonna try to do that on like a later new game plus one Mm. Which yeah. I still don't know anything about because I have not reached the end of the story or done a new game plus yet. But well, there was a ton of news this week. We are going to talk more about Starfield, but we have to get through a couple different showcases that happened. Yeah, there was a Nintendo Direct and a Sony State of Play that happened this last week. I think both of them were like announced the day before, and then yeah. they like ran through a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, some really interesting stuff in there. So we'll get to those, but we got a few little like smaller news items to get to first. So uh, the first one I saw was that uh, Sony is adding remote play to more Android devices, including the Chromecast with Google TV, which is a, the TV or a set top box that I use. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's cool. I think if you like lived in a house and you had like, you know, TVs on multiple floors and you're like, okay, well, my my PlayStation 5 is set up in, you know, the living room. But I have like a little office over here and I have a, a TV with a, a Chromecast and I can like now like remote play games to that. So that I think that's kind of a, a nice idea. Uh, yeah, it's a cool feature. Yeah, they're, each of them are like each of the big three are sort of tackling being able to take your games remotely in different ways. Like obviously the switch is designed to be able to like you dock it and it's a home console, you pick it up and now it's a a portable device. And then like Xbox has their like game pass, like streaming solution. And you can like play games on PC. You can play games on your console or you can play them remotely uh, via the cloud on like a, a phone or something like that. And your progress is like, you know, saved in the cloud. So it like carries over between the devices. And now Sony is like you know, doing kind of the same thing, but they are they're trying to not remove the console from the equation. Mm. So it's just like remote play. But they each have like some interesting sort of way, but they're doing it in very different ways. Um, but yeah, I thought it was interesting because I was like, now you... I don't, you cannot like avoid buying the console. You still have to buy the console, but um, you can play your games in more than one room without having to lug your console around or buying an additional one. So that's yeah. cool. Uh, and then I did not link to this in our show notes, but there is, there was a, a, a leak of the Fallout TV show teaser that you sent me this last week. Yeah. What'd you think of that? I think this was the one that leaked like, I think it was during one of the cons earlier this year. There was like a very 
grainy like low res somebody used like a flip phone camera from like <laughs> 20 years ago to capture the footage but yeah i i mean it looks fallout so <laughs> i guess time will tell whether it ends up actually being good or not but it it looks the part so and i wonder I'm, when they'll officially release this teaser i feel like we've been hearing about the show forever yeah, I don't know. I, I At this point, everybody who's interested has probably seen this teaser. So they they might as well just release the full thing so people can actually see it. I don't know why they're holding off on it, but... Uh, anyway, Bethesda also announced... Maybe we should save this. I was going to say Bethesda announced updates coming to Starfield and sort of their future plans, but maybe we mm-hmm. hold off on that until we get into our actual Starfield discussion. Yeah, we can um, do that. So there was sort of a bummer piece of news. The uh, new studio, Ascendant Studios, that developed that Immortals of Avium game that just came out like a month ago, I want to say, has already laid off uh, 45% of its workforce because I... I believe that game did not do well. Um, yeah, it kind of came and went. I mean, did you did you complete it? I haven't finished it, but I, I think it's a better game than people are giving it credit for. Like, it has its problems. We talked about very briefly when we uh, did an initial discussion on this game about how it sort of has that bad, like, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe writing where it's kind of... Um, uh, it's quippy. sort of cringy and trying to be quippy and it's just sort of lame and it's sort of a bad uh, thing that we've seen carry over into games and not just this game but a lot of games over the last couple of years um, but that's like really the worst part of it the rest of it is pretty good like the gameplay feels really good um, I was enjoying like going around the set pieces and like solving puzzles and collecting items and uh, it does have some like Metroidvania elements to it. And oh, really? So, I didn't know that. So yeah, it, like you can go back through previous areas with like new abilities you have, and the game feels like it's constantly giving you sort of new abilities and new traversal abilities, so you can get around the map in different ways. Mm-hmm. And so I, there's like some good ideas in there, and also for like a smaller studio, it felt like a triple A game. Uh, it looked good. It, it ran really well. There, it was not like a buggy disaster the way a lot of games are that come out these days. And it just like was not positioned to succeed because it came out in between Baldur's Gate three and Starfield and the same week as like sea of stars and um, armored core. And so it was just like this game, like for a new IP that like kind of looked like a little bit generic uh, in the the trailers. Like it just was not positioned well. Um, So that's a little bit of a bummer that like they released this game and almost immediately have to lay off almost half of their workforce. But yeah. um, So I I have my doubts that this will ever get a sequel. So this is going to be one of those games that will maybe in time be considered like a cult classic and it'll just be this one-off game that happened. But uh, anyway, that was some news that, that came out this last week. And you also, I didn't see this, but there was some cyberpunk stuff that happened. Yeah, they put out, in addition to the Nintendo show, or Direct and the Sony State of Play, there was like a little cyberpunk showcase because they were just going over, it's sort of a celebration of the launch of the DLC that's coming and the launch of 
uh, Cyberpunk 2.0, basically, where they've totally redone everything. Like, the skill trees are really different. There's police now. They've changed how cyberware works. A lot of the UI is different. Um, and I didn't, I, this, I didn't really watch the showcase, but I did see they released a new... I watched the, like, CG trailer that is the opening of the DLC with uh, um, Idris Elba, which is cool. That seems like it's going to be a cool story. Uh, and it seems cool. It's kind of gotten me excited about Cyberpunk again. And I am considering maybe starting a new character once all this stuff drops. But it seems like they've totally redone a lot of interesting systems. And, like, you can shoot out of cars now. There's, like, vehicle combat. Um, a lot of the skills have been reworked. Like, I think a problem with the original uh, Cyberpunk was like a lot of the skills were kind of uninteresting. Like they would just be like, you, you do 10% more damage when this happens or like yeah. uh, crafting is easier or something. There's no crafting skills now. Um, that's not controlled by a skill. Also, clothing doesn't affect your armor anymore. So you can just wear whatever you want. Armor is completely controlled by uh, like body mods. So you don't have to wear, I, I don't know about you, but when I was playing Cyberpunk, I was constantly wearing insane clothes because they were just high, the highest <laughs> yeah. ones I could find. Yeah, you did look kind of silly because you had to like pick the best stuff, but the best stuff didn't always look cool or match yeah. with each other. And so you ended up looking really funny. But um, yeah, it seems like it's a whole new game. There, If you are interested in it, uh, GameStop has been putting out a lot of content about it. They have like a good like nine super different things in cyberpunk 2.0 and uh i believe the dlc is dropping next week as we're recording this maybe or maybe later than that but i don't know there might be a little cyberpunk renaissance uh i think you and i both love that game and uh i i mean i'm playing uh, starfield a lot right now so i don't think i'm going to be diving back into it immediately but uh it's something that's like on my radar something i would be down to check out again yeah, I'm interested in it as well because I did like that, you know, original playthrough I did. But it's like, yeah, it is coming out at a weird time with, you know, being so invested in Starfield right now. But yeah, there's, I would have to start over, I think. Yeah, I think I, think I, I would agree too. that I would have to start over because it's been so long since I played it that I don't even remember like where I'm at or what build I was working on and what I was doing. So. And I this would is, almost have to start over. This is it. Like, uh, they have said they're not going to do any more DLC for Cyberpunk 2077. Um, originally, they had a, a super, like, long tail for this planned where they were going to have, like, a multiplayer element and, like, other DLC drops. Yeah. But they've come out and said, this is the basically the last update that this is going to get, the last DLC this is going to get at least. And they've moved on to working on possibly a sequel or something else at the company. But, um, yeah, this will be the only thing we'll get out of this. Well, and they also have, like, a bunch of Witcher follow-up games or yeah. remakes on the way. So I'm sure they're busy with other projects. They're very busy with that. But, but the next Cyberpunk news we'll probably get is something about a sequel, you know, a couple of years down the road. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I will probably play it at some point because I do think it seems cool, but I may not get to it right away is the thing. Uh, Should we get to these showcases? 
I just wanted to mention before we get to those, the games that came out earlier this week were Eternites and The Lies of P. I think The Lies of P is doing pretty well. It seems like a lot of streamers have picked up this game. I've heard positive buzz about it. Yeah, so Eternites is kind of like a Persona-style game, except it's like an action game instead of a turn-based game. It, it looks kind of like it's got some of those, um, like the uh, social... Uh, elements from like a persona game but it's like a third person action hack and slash type of a Mm -hmm. game instead of a turn-based one uh so that seemed kind of interesting and then yeah lies of p is is sort of a a souls like game and that's probably why so many streamers picked it up but uh yeah it seems like people are into it so there's that all right let's dive into start with the nintendo showcase yeah, we don't have to go over everything, but because I don't really care about Splatoon. Um, yeah, they started with Splatoon DLC. Uh, what, but what did you, you think, think about this? this? Oh, I, I think, think we're, we're going to say the same thing, the yeah, Mario but, Donkey Kong thing. Yeah, so I, I mean, was this like a return of like a DS title? Is that I think it was said? even pre that. I think it was like a Game Boy game or like a, oh, maybe a Game it? Boy Advance game. Hmm. Yeah, I was not familiar with this, but they made it seem like they were finally bringing this thing back from some portable title. But it's like a 2D puzzle platformer that you can play in co-op. Uh, it seemed interesting. I don't know. It seemed like it might be a fun co-op game. Yeah. Uh, coming February 16th. And then they, they did show a trailer for Prince of Persia, which I'm very into. Uh, and I will probably play that. And then... Uh, there was more on Super Mario RPG Remake, which I'm very into. I will definitely play that when it comes out November 17th. What do you think about this uh, Peach Showtime? I did not know what to expect. I think this has been rumored for a long time, like a Peach solo game. Mm-hmm. And it looked kind of cool. What did you think? Yeah, I think I was getting a little bit of like kind of Luigi's Mansion vibes where it's a side character in the Mario universe and they're getting their own thing. It's not like necessarily like a, a mansion she's in, but she is, she's going to like, it's going to be like kind of zone based, similar to like Luigi's man, that last Luigi mansion three, where you could like, uh, every level of the hotel was mm. a different like type of thing. There was like a movie yeah. place and a, this seems like that where every play she goes to is a different type of thing. And she transforms into a thing that is useful in that environment. So like there's like sword fighter peach or like Kung Fu peach and you work your way through these plays. It's interesting. I think I probably, I probably will play this cause it just seems like a fun little thing unless it gets reviewed very poorly, but I don't I think I doubt that'll happen. Yeah. Yeah. It made me think of uh, Odyssey because of the fact that yeah. you're almost like putting on a different outfit and suddenly you have all these different abilities but yeah Yeah. luigi's mansion is also an interesting comparison because there's like different themed lands basically but yeah i thought that looked interesting that's coming march of next year i think march 22nd of 2024 yeah and are you big on tomb raider at all not especially. I did play those. I played the first one of those new ones that came out forever ago. One of the, the you know, those like new did Ubisoft yeah. make those. I don't remember. Um, but I played that and I liked it. I when I was a child, I played Tomb Raider one, but I mes- I mostly just like messed around in it because you could like go to her mansion and jump around and 
uh, it was actually like too scary for me almost the real game of it, even though it was like super low polygons, you would like go into these caves and it'd be very spooky. And then when things killed you, like you would have like death animations and it was like, it would freak me out too much. Mm-hmm. But, um, I only ever really played Tomb Raider one on like my computer back in the day. I don't have a lot of nostalgia for these. I probably will not check these out. Cause I remember them, uh, controlling very poorly. <laughs> Yeah, I never did play them because I I didn't have a PlayStation back in the day, and I feel like were they exclusive to PlayStation? Like I definitely played Tomb Raider on my computer, so I think they eventually released they ported them to PC. Mm. Well, anyway, we're we're dancing around it, but Tomb Raider one through three remastered are coming to the Switch on February fourteenth. Uh, I don't think I will pick them up either because I don't have nostalgia for them, but kind of cool. Uh, I don't care about Detective Pikachu, but that game is uh, coming out October 6th. I did find this funny, though. Trombone Champ is coming to Switch with up yeah. to four-player co-op. Uh, or actually, it's available now on uh, on the Switch. And I could not I, have predicted this. I couldn't have predicted it either, but watching that, I was like, oh, can you imagine four people tooting their trombones at the same time? <laughs> it would be hilarious. Um so that was that's funny. It's like fifteen bucks too, so it's like not expensive a great party for like game, probably. a fun little yeah party game. Uh, and then they they did show Luigi's Mansion Two HD is coming. Uh, That'll be next cool. I'll summer. pick that up. Yeah, I will definitely play that. I was interested. They had like online multiplayer. Like I know Luigi's Mansion Three uh, had a, an online multiplayer like co op thing. Uh, that I thought was actually pretty fun. Like one of the best videos uh, in terms of like traffic on it that we've had on our youtube channel is like the little guide i made for like (laughs) playing luigi's mansion 3 online multiplayer so i don't know there's an going to be online multiplayer for this luigi's mansion 2 game as well so that'll be interesting to check out um and then i a game i was not expecting at all was f099 yeah, this is kind of crazy. It's they're following that same thing as like Pac-Man 99 and uh, Tetris, 99. Tetris 99. There was a, a Mario 99 as well that for whatever yeah. reason, they they took that one down. But I think uh, the others are still up. Uh, I've played Tetris 99 quite a bit and did enjoy that game. I, I want to check this out. I've only played so like when you jump in, there's like a, a sort of tutorial ones like you start out against 25 race like cpu mm-hmm. racers and then it jumps up to 50 cpu racers and then you do like a full 99 uh and then i think it is like okay now you're good to go jump into some online but yeah it's just a battle royale of like the original snes game but it's like some updated graphics so it looks a little bit nicer it's like widescreen and hd and it's free to play for Nintendo Online subscribers. I think maybe there's like some cosmetic unlocks you can get. But uh, yeah, you just like it's basically that game. But you're racing against 99 other people and sort of battle royale style. And they've added. So uh, I don't remember if this was in the original game or not, which I believe is on Nintendo Online. If you want to go play the original SNES game. But you so you have an accelerate button and then you have like a turbo button but when you use turbo to speed up it like drains your your power your life yeah your life bar and if you bump into like the side rails or other cars that also drains your life bar a little bit as well and of course you you have different spots in the the uh 
the race that you're doing where you can run across this thing that will power you up again so you can kind of regain your life power so it's sort of this like risk reward of using your boost to speed up that also drains your life bar and so you're kind of uh sort of managing that but also you're picking up like these gold uh little it's not coins but you things that drop from other cars or and some of them like sometimes you'll have like a gold like cpu car that will just like drop coins if you follow it and you can bump into it and get more coins and when you you build that meter up you can jump to this like other uh raceway above the raceway the other cars are on and you sort of move a little bit faster there are boosts on it as well and that's like one way to sort of jump from way back in the pack all the way to the front uh pretty quickly and you also have like you can hit the triggers to do like a little spin move so you can kind of hit other cars and sort of Mm. push them and so you do have some uh, some little bit of like sort of offensive capability as well it's like really actually kind of fun and interesting i kind of want to try more of it but it was uh, a real surprise i think everybody saw that trailer where it like shows the old snes game and then it kind of zooms into the car and you're like okay it's gonna like transform into modern graphics and zoom out and it'll just be a brand new f-zero game but no this was a different <laughs> take on the the snes title which i thought was a big surprise but also kind of really cool <laughs> so they also they showed a new WarioWare game WarioWare move it yeah are you into this i i liked those old games back i never uh i used to watch a streamer who would play the old ones on like ds um but this one seems good the last WarioWare game i didn't pick up just because i didn't really like the conceit of it where like your character was always on screen um that i think was a weird move and it kind of pigeonholed like each character had like a, a special thing they could do which I think is not super in the spirit of WarioWare, where it's just like micro games and you don't really have to pick a character. This is more of just micro games where you uh, it doesn't really matter who you're playing as. And you the, the conceit of this one is that you use the Joy-Cons for a lot of different things where you are, it'll tell you what position to get in before you play the game. So you don't know what's about to happen, but you get into a position and then because the Joy-Cons are like tracked and have the IR thing. Then you see the game and you're supposed to figure out what to do. So like an example would be one of them, you like put one of your, both your hands have Joy-Cons in them. One of your hands you put behind your back and one of them you put uh, like up to your nose. And then the game is like one of those, you're like a bird who has to peck things. So then you have to like bend at the waist to peck things. And it's stuff like that. It seems cool. Uh, it seems like it would be a great party game, but I don't yeah. know if I'm going to pick it up. It does seem like a, one of those games that you would get and put it on the shelf. And then if you ever had like a group of people just hanging out, it would be like a goofy, fun little way to spend the evening. But yeah. Uh, what did you think of this Eastward Octopia DLC? I was not expecting that. I, uh, I never completed Eastward because it got to the point where I just did not... I wanted it to not have so much story. Yeah. And there are periods of that game where you're basically just reading text for, it seems like hours at a time. <laughs> and it really, not to spoil the end of that game, but uh, the last place you go to, or at least I think the last place you go to 
is a little bit of a Groundhog's Day type of thing where you have to read the same text over and over again. And at that point, I was just like, the audacity of this is too much for me. And I just stopped <laughs> playing it. Um, but I mean, good on him. I, I liked the first like two worlds you went to in that game a lot. And the story got a little bit crazy where I, I don't know, it was like too melodramatic for me. And I just wanted it to be more combat and puzzle solving as opposed to just like visual novel almost where it kind of divulged into, or, um, devolved into just being a visual novel uh, towards the end. Mm. But I also got stuck because I wanted to get a special power in this secret place. But the way you restore health is by cooking. And I couldn't cook where I was. Uh, and so I was basically locked out of getting a thing, which made me frustrated as well. That contributed to me stopping playing. I think if there were some quality of life things built into that game, I would have liked it more like uh, being able to restore your health fully without having to use resources ever. But uh Sounds like they, they need a Cyberpunk 2.0 style update along with this DLC. but They really do. Um, but this DLC, I guess, is totally separate. You don't need to play the original game, I guess, because it takes place uh, yeah. somehow outside of it. I'm not really sure. Hmm. But uh, I don't know. I'm pro the... I mean, it, it was a good game. It was lovingly made, but I, it was not for me. That's uh, the DLC is coming this holiday. I don't think they said anything specific as far as a date, but sometime this holiday. Uh, and then Dave the Diver coming October 26th. And there is yeah. a free demo available on the Switch, which I'm very curious about. We talked briefly about this game earlier this year. It seems like a cool, interesting little indie game that I, I want to check out. Um, People love it. Yeah. And then they showed off some more uh, DLC coming to Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. The final DLC. Yeah, the final one. They listed off a bunch of different characters that were coming and like I think maybe one new map to race on. Uh, so Mario Kart 9 is definitely a Switch 2 like launch title at this I point. I would guess so. Is that what we're guessing? Yeah, I mean, I at this point... They're not going to release it on Switch, I would think. If, if I mean, if the rumors are to be believed and it's going to be launching in fall of 2024, I would guess that. I mean, that what a launch title to have. I mean, yeah. I still play Mario Kart uh, 8 to this day. Well, yeah, I was going to say, like, uh, timing-wise, it would pan out because this is the last of the DLC for Mario Kart 8. But also, yeah. like, that game continues to sell, like, hotcakes and yeah. it, it continues to push like switch units so to have mario kart 9 as a launch title for the next one would be like a dream scenario for nintendo i'm sure uh and then a dream scenario for nintendo fans they did show as sort of almost a one more thing at the very end paper yeah. mario the thousand year door the originally uh, uh on the gamecube is coming in 2024 it's like a full remake of this game uh, for the Switch, which is pretty cool. Yeah, people have a lot of nostalgia for this game, I think. I never checked it out, but I might check it out when it comes out on Switch. Yeah, I almost think it, it's kind of uh, testing the waters between like Super Mario RPG and like remaking this game for the Switch. Is like, do we revert? like the Paper Mario franchise or like the, you know, Super Mario RPG and bring it back in a new way, but make it still an RPG. Cause I, I think famously the Paper Mario series like started as a sort of a, an unofficial sequel to 
Super Mario RPG or not necessarily a sequel, but like a, what, what is the phrase they use? Like a sort of a spiritual. Yeah. Sequel? Spiritual successor is the word I'm looking for. Um, and it, so it was like an RPG, but it's almost more turned into like something else uh, in more recent versions of Paper Mario. And so I think maybe we're seeing them like say, oh, people actually do like it better when it's an RPG. So let's maybe go back to that. But uh, I think it's cool. I think people were excited about that. So I will maybe check that out because I did not play uh, that game on GameCube. So Yeah, nor did I. Yeah, I never had a GameCube, so. I had a GameCube. I did not play that game. That was one of the ones I missed. So, uh, do you want to jump into the Sony state of play now? Yeah. So, um, can do this kind of out of order. Uh, the first thing they showed was that Baby Steps game. Are you interested in this? No. The it looks like like I think it's funny. It seems like a a game that would be fun to watch like a streamer play, but it's it. It seems like it would also be kind of frustrating to actually play yourself. I agree with that. Yeah, it does seem funny, but I I have no idea what the controls are like because yeah. uh, all it is is walking, but it seems like it's yeah. very hard to walk. It's like a walking simulator where you basically have to use the, the controls in some weird way to move each leg individually. And like you have like sort of weirdly full control over the legs, but like. Uh, and it's also a little bit physics based. So like you'll step on something in a weird way and you'll just like fall over. Mm. And so I don't know. It's, it's a weird game to try to explain if you've not seen the trailer for it. But what did you think about this avatar frontiers of Pandora that they showed? I don't really have any interest in this, but I was going to ask you as you have now seen the, the second movie. Is this something that you are interested in? I don't know. Um it would be funny to play it with like my friends because it's similar to Far Cry. You can play this completely in co-op, um, but I just am not. It doesn't look super engaging to me for whatever yeah. reason. I don't really care about the story. Um, I mean, good on them for making this, and if it slots into the story, that's cool. But I was going to say, I mean, unless the- it gets reviewed very well, and people are like, "Man, this is a revelation," but it seems like it's just <laughs> going to be another generic Ubisoft game. Yeah, it does look that way to me. Like, it's weird also. Is it like a, just a first-person shooter? Yeah, it is, yeah. Hmm. That, that's a weird game to make then <laughs> to me. Uh, I don't know. It, I wouldn't have pegged the Avatar franchise as a first-person shooter. But, yeah, I, I just don't have a lot of interest in this universe that uh, James Cameron has made. And I don't. it doesn't really speak to me in any way, so... I will probably skip this one, but it is coming out on December 7th. What about, uh, they showed a lot about Spider-Man two. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not like a big Spider-Man fan, but something about this trailer made me like way more interested than I have been in the past. I think a little bit was that it's like a lot like GTA where you swap Mm. back and forth between two characters. Yeah. And also just like, the sort of beauty shots of like swinging through a realistic looking New York city is like really pretty astounding to look at. Um, I don't know if I will end up playing it. I I also didn't play any of the previous Spider-Man games, but I don't know. This looks cool. I think it will be like a game of the year contender for the people that do play it, but that's coming on October 20th. Uh, you have any interest whatsoever in this? 
I mean, like you, I'm interested in it, but I didn't play the first one or the Miles Morales like mini sequel or whatever. Yeah, I'm wondering so I, how like do, will you just need to like watch a recap video and then you're good to go, or is this going to be like you'll feel completely lost if you've not played the previous ones? I don't know because I people are people have praised the stories of those two games, so I mean I yeah. feel like it's they're well written. So I, it probably is important to know the previous uh, plots of the games. Yeah, I wonder if they'll have like their own like separate sort of recap at the very beginning of the game uh, and for people. Because I feel like most studios know like not everyone's going to play all the games, but they might pick up somewhere in the middle. So you almost have to have like some sort of recap, but I don't know. Um, uh, I, d- I didn't want to skip over Helldivers 2 because it does seem interesting to me this is the kind of like co-op shooter i sort of can enjoy from time to time and it looks i mean it looks like starship troopers but like it's a third person co-op shooter and uh i thought they had like an interesting some interesting ideas where it seemed like maybe you had to also like work with your teammates to like reload the rocket launcher and stuff like that but um yeah that's coming i think february 8th next year to ps5 and pc I am curious to see more of that game. I might uh, that might be like a wait for reviews type of a game, mm. but I do enjoy occasionally a, a good uh, co-op shooter. So I'm curious about Helldivers too. Uh, and then, much to my surprise, they showed DLC coming two years later to Tales of Arise, which was my game of the year a couple of years ago, whatever whatever year that was. Um, but it's called Beyond the Dawn. It's coming November 9th. I think nobody expected this. Not just because it was like, you know, a two-year-old game, but um, I, I'm so bad about DLC going back, and we've talked about that, so I don't know if I will play this, but I thought it was very interesting that suddenly, two years later, there's like a new DLC coming to it. But uh, And then uh, I want to... <laughs> ask your opinion on foam stars you know i i don't know about it because because the people at midmax have played it and they a couple yeah. of them are like oh this is cool and it's like fun for these reasons i think that's the weird thing about it is everybody looked at it and it goes oh this is nothing like nobody's gonna play this this is gonna be like dead within six months it's gonna be one of those weird online things that comes out and nobody plays it and it dies like months later but then all the previews like that happen, everybody's like, no, this is actually really fun. So I don't know about this game anymore, but it, it's I like don't a, either. a PlayStation uh, version of Splatoon where it seems like very class based, but it's like maybe 4v4 or there's like a, an open beta that's going to happen later this month. And you're just like, instead of uh, ink, you're shooting foam all over the place, but it seems like very Splatoon like. Let's get into Final Fantasy because this trailer was huge and amazing and showed a lot of things. And I, I, I think I need you to explain things to me. We had we don't we still don't know where this game is going to end. We always knew there was that was a known quantity with the first Final Fantasy VII remake because we knew right when they got out of Midgard that was when it was going to be over. They were very clear about this is just a Midgard game. This. I don't know where they're going to end it. Uh, we saw the Golden Saucer, which is crazy, and I was really anticipating. It seems like all the mini games that are in the Golden Saucer are going to be back, which is really cool. 
Was that uh, like what that uh, sort of pixelated, almost fighter looking yeah. thing was? Because the Golden Saucer, you would go to sort of at the midpoint in the game and it had a bunch of different zones. So you could go to like the Chocobo Racing Zone or like the Battle Zone or there was a Haunted House Zone, which was also a hotel that you stayed at. And uh, so that all seems like it's going to be there. And that's very cool. Um I we didn't see any uh I guess so in the original game uh we also saw Vincent which is a, a huge deal. He's like the vampire character. We saw him like jumping out of a coffin and we saw the back of his face. So he's in this which in the original game he's in Nimble Nimbleheim or whatever the place is, your hometown. Uh and you go hang out with him right before uh, you have to do this like puzzle where you unlock a safe to get to him. But uh, that is like right before you go to like the mountains behind Nibelheim and a bunch of crazy stuff happens. So maybe that's where this game concludes. I don't know. We didn't see any Rocket Town. We didn't see any Sid. I think he's maybe the final character that we haven't seen. We also importantly haven't seen any wutai which is where uh yuffie is from there's like a whole wutai side area that we haven't even heard about but they have referenced wutai a bunch of times in the first game as being like oh there's wutai terrorists everywhere we're at war with wutai or whatever so i don't really know what's going on there i a pivotal scene in the original final fantasy 7 is when Spoilers for Final Fantasy VII, but it's been out forever, is when Aerith dies. Aerith. Um, uh, uh, Sephiroth just, like, comes down and stabs her, and it's very sad. Um, I don't know if that's going to be in the game, but I feel like they're going to do something weird with that scene. Uh, where Because, like, it's a whole different timeline or whatever, it seems like. So, it's possible Aerith isn't going to die, or something crazier is going to happen. I don't really know, but... They showed so much in this trailer. They showed the little vehicle, the little car you get looks exactly like the one from Final Fantasy VII. They showed riding on chocobos and different chocobos have different properties. Like there's a wall climbing one and a flying one. There is a screenshot of, if in this trailer, if you pause it and zoom in, you can see Red 13 like riding on a flying chocobo, which is very funny. <laughs> no sign of Chadley, a fan favorite character from the remake. Chadley. Uh, do you remember Chadley? I do remember Chadley. Um, who knows if he'll be back, but let's hope he is. Uh, but yeah, this looks great. I don't own a PlayStation 5, and it's a problem. Uh, <laughs> but this looks very cool, and I it's coming out very soon. It's coming out February like 29th of next year. So yeah, like, I, I think that surprised a lot of people, but I, I seem to recall that there was a time where it was suspected that this was like possible for the end of 2023 like a late 2023 release like i think mm. maybe it was like listed as that but uh, so it didn't quite shock me that it was going to be releasing february 29th but like i think that's it's also pretty quick pretty soon so i'm yeah. very excited about that uh so they always show that it's going to be on two discs which i guess is good it means it's i don't gonna know be i mean that means it's going to be big i mean yeah. They showed Costa del Sol as well. They showed the big snake that you fight that's like uh, like on the world map that you have to get a chocobo to get past. They they showed so much in this trailer. Yeah, uh they they showed Cloud riding around on a Segway 
And yeah, I think that's in Costa del Sol. Yeah, that, I mean, that's what it looked like, but I don't have a lot of context for like any of these places. I Am I wrong? Did I see on Twitter that they were saying that this was going to like end somewhere around the midpoint of the original Final Fantasy VII? I mean, we don't know. I, I don't know where it's going to end. Um, who knows what they haven't showed us yet. Um, it could end at the City of Ancients. It could end with that scene where Aerith either dies or doesn't die. Uh, but they also showed weapons, which are cra- like weapons are the big, like at some point in Final Fantasy seven, uh, these big monsters appear, these big kaiju appear and you have to like one of the, I mean, you don't have to kill all of them. A lot of them are optional and a lot of them are very difficult to fight. Uh, but they showed those and they're, they're like very late game. I feel like, uh, so maybe they're introducing them earlier or maybe this goes farther than I think it's going to, but my, I, I had predicted that uh, the final game would be the, you would actually get the full world map, and that would be the game where they would introduce Sid and flying, but, like, you know, flying from place to place, but um, I don't know, man. I, I don't know what to think. They showed so much, and it's so interesting. I also don't really know what's going on with Zack uh, in that um, trailer. I, I never played Ever Crisis or wherever he is from that his story is from. So I don't really know what's going on with him, but well, uh, I, I did play that. Um, cause they, they re-released it as for like a remaster slash remake. Uh, I think towards the end of last year. Yeah. And I played that and without the like full context of the original final fantasy seven, I don't know that I could be any help explaining <laughs> all of that, but, uh, yeah, he dies, right? And I don't know. So with this one, he's maybe not dead. He's like back and alive. Good question. So, yeah, I I think things are going to be different. And I think this is why some people are saying th- that the remake trilogy isn't just like a remake. It's almost like a sequel. And so you almost do need uh, to go back and play the original Final Fantasy seven not just to have context for what's going on, but like why things are different and why things are interesting with this. I think that's a great, I mean, they've re-released Final Fantasy VII in a great way on most platforms where you can play it at like 3x speed and you can have like infinite health and stuff. Um, so you can really just like burn through it if you just want the story. Uh, it's a great way to play it. it. It makes it so much faster. Yeah, and so Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is coming February 29th, and it will be available also as a twin pack with the Final Fantasy VII Remake, so the first game, plus the like integrated DLC. Uh, so you can play through the entire thing on uh, PS5 once uh, that happens. There's also there- a collector's edition that's like $350 with a little statue of Sephiroth. Yeah, I saw that. It looked kind of cool, but three fifty is a lot for one game. Steep, um, pretty steep, I have to say. There is a ninety nine dollar deluxe edition that I think comes with like a steel book, a CD soundtrack, and like an art book. Which like that seems to be like the sweet spot for me as far as like deluxe slash collectors editions go. Like I don't really want to pay more than a hundred dollars on a game but also like if i'm going to get a deluxe edition like i feel like it has to come with bare minimum Hmm. the steelbook and like a cd soundtrack and an art book so i feel like that's uh 
a solid option there. So I might end up getting that version of it because I'm like really getting into Final Fantasy uh, recently between like the remake and uh, Final Fantasy 16. So, yeah. And with that, do we want to jump into Starfield and where we're at? Let's do it. I want to start by talking about a bug that I ran into. Um, Before we started recording, I think we talked about you were saying that the farther along you get, the little more jank is introduced into it. Yeah. I ran into a thing. Did you do a quest for that? There's like a child in uh, Aquila City that wants you to investigate uh, like a, a thief in town. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I did that. I talked to that girl and she was like, we think that this uh, thief is uh, like going to Laredo Arms and stealing weapons at nighttime. And we want you to go check it out. Uh, how did that go for you? I don't nothing stands out to me as far as like bugs go. I was able to like sneak over to the spot it wanted me to go to. And I just I saw the guy who was like sneaking around and I like confronted him. And then there was like a bunch of dialogue and like, oh, he's caught now. So maybe I don't know, maybe this wasn't bugged, but like I feel like when I talked to those girls, it immediately put him into some sort of like thief state where because he just like popped up on my radar. I went over. He was just like walking around, but he was sneaking and there were a bunch of people around. (laughs) And so I just talked to him and he was like, oh, you've caught me. And I was like, I mean, you were just crouching, but uh, yeah. I mean, that's true. That is basically how it goes. I think you just like walk over and he's just like crouched somewhere and you're like, dude, everyone can see you. <laughs> <laughs> so I did that and I was like, and I've, I've run into a couple other things where, so I, I, Barrett's my main person right now. And, uh, I also, when I, when you go back to get Barrett, you, uh, talk to Lynn, the, like the first person you ever talked to in the game. And she's like, hey, what's going on? You know, you left and now you're back. And I felt bad. And then it was like, hey, you can recruit Lynn. Uh, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, I, I guess I'll, I'll do that. Maybe I'll do it later. And so I, I said, like, oh, I'll be back. And she really, like, guilted me. She was like, oh, I guess you don't need me. So I was like, okay, I guess you can be in my crew right now. Um, so she's on my ship. And I've had these weird things where I'm on, well, for a while I was using the razor leaf, which is a little cramped inside. And uh, she would just be walking around and then Barrett would go to sit down and it would just like push her into the wall because he would like (laughs) get in his like sitting down animation and she would just go fully clipping into the wall. But now that I'm on the the Star Eagle, uh, that doesn't happen as much because they have a lot more room to breathe. But I have definitely seen a couple people that has also happened. I'll like walk into a... uh, like a new area and someone will just be like slightly hovering above the floor and then we'll yeah. go down real fast and slowly come up. Um, I, I've had it happen where I've gone back to my ship and bear will just be like sitting at a workbench, but there's no chair. He's mm-hmm. just like in a sitting position, even though he's not actually sitting on anything or he'll be like standing on the workbench. And it's just like, you're not supposed to be there. <laughs> uh, and I also had one time I went back to like new Atlantis for something. And I had to like speak to some NPC and they had like fallen through the floor and I could only see the top of their head, but I couldn't yeah. interact with them. And then like eventually everything loaded in and they uh, and they ended up where they were supposed to be. So I could talk to them. So it wasn't like broken, but it, it was almost like the, the set had not fully loaded in at the time. 
So I got there too quickly, I guess. But I went to New Atlantis, and have you ever gone to the well in New Atlantis? Yeah, I had not done that. Uh, but I was just like, you know, cleaning up side missions. And I had this thing that was like, go investigate power fluctuations in the well. New Atlantis is like a, you know, nice fancy place. But then you take an elevator down and then there's like this like industrial underbelly that I was not expecting. And so I just spent a bunch of time doing stuff in the well. Yeah, there there's that place. And uh, Neon has a similar situation going on it has like the sort of seedy underbelly that you can go to as well even though I feel like, like all of place, neon is seedy yeah that's true i was gonna say the whole place is that way but there's uh because i i ended up getting sidetracked doing just a bunch of side quests on neon the other day and uh you can spend a lot of time there just doing random side quests like mm. there was one that involved this guy who makes this like uh blended alcoholic beverage that involves aurora which is like the illicit drug uh, on neon and so you get involved with him and he has you like go to this plant somewhere where you like manufacture some aurora you basically pick up like a side job where you can do that and uh then what's his name benjamin bayou like the, the guy who like runs neon like picks up on it and gets very angry at you uh, and comes and confronts the the dude you're doing jobs for. And then there's like, uh, you get involved with like these gangs. There's like, I forget, it's like the Disciples is one of the gangs. That's like the bad gang. And you get involved in like the Strikers, like the Ebside Strikers, I think is what they're called. You get involved with them. And so you kind of, it's this like clashing of these two gangs that you get involved with. So I did a whole bunch of stuff there. Uh, but I have also completed the UC Vanguard quest line, uh, which was very cool. And you get some like really good armor from that uh, quest line. So I've basically dro- dropped the uh, Mantis armor in favor of this other armor set. Uh, and then I'm working my way through the Crimson Fleet one, which I assume can play out multiple different ways because you can start it in multiple different ways and like the way I'm doing it in my playthrough is I, I have like the, the Vanguard is sort of involved in it and I'm like kind of playing a sort of a double agent type of a mm. thing. And it's very uh, cool and interesting the way that's playing out. So uh, I think I'm mid thirties for my level and I have just been, I, I haven't had like a clear, I am definitely putting all my points into this thing. I've been, I've jumped around a little bit, which is maybe not the way to do it, but I've been trying to work on like being able to craft stuff, but I also want to upgrade my like ship abilities yeah, so that I can pilot different types of ships. Cause I also did the, um, one of the characters from constellation, uh, like the rich guy who like pays for everything, mm-hmm. uh, what is Stroud Eklund? He like, that's his company that like makes ships and he has like a little side quest for you to like help, uh, his employees like solves their differences and like start making this new ship that they can sell. And you sort of go help the board, like figure out how to, how to design it. And then you get like a free one at the end of that. Quest oh. line. So, so I have another free ship uh, added to my fleet, uh, but it's like a, I think a C rank ship that I do not have the ability to pilot just yet. Yeah. So I need to upgrade that more. 
that's what I'm working on right now is going in and out and finding ships I can destroy. Because that's how you level up your piloting, which defines what kind of ship you can have. Yeah. You have to destroy like 15 ships per thing. So I, I, I'm almost to the point where I can do class B ships. And then I don't know how long it's going to take me to get to class C. But I'm interested... I think the thing I want to build is going to be end up being like a C level because I want it to have like the best reactor or whatever. I hear the best way to go about like grinding out those ship kills is to go to the UC Vanguard because like at the very start of that quest line, they put you into this like VR simulator type of a thing where you oh. like fly a, a, a ship around and take out enemy ships and so you just can do that on repeat until you knock out those like ship kills for That's your. It's a good tip. Uh, Maybe level. I will do that faction next. Yeah. So definitely do that if you're trying to like level up your piloting skill. What uh, what skills have you been sort of focusing on? I maxed out my pistols and my ballistics. Those are the only two skills I've gotten all four ranks in. Um, I. I'm kind of pressing pause on the combat skills for now, and I'm because I want to level up my piloting. I have the second level of persuasion, just because that is has been incredibly useful. Uh, I got the first level in stealth, but I am a little bit regretting it because, I mean, it's great to have the ability to see if you're hidden or not. I've used that before, but I don't know that I'm ever going to level up it, level it up to like higher ranks, because uh, I usually just go in like guns blazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I It'll have also come been in upgrading... handy when you're doing certain quest lines, though. Yeah, that's true. Maybe I will start to invest when that happens. But um, I haven't put any points into like laser weapons or particle weapons, just because the most of the stuff I'm finding is ballistic weapons. Maybe I just need yeah. to level up more. But uh, I don't think I've done any in the like science tree, uh, which is like crafting and whatnot. Um, that I think I've wholly left. I haven't done any crafting or research or anything like that. Uh, I've mostly just been focusing on, like I haven't modded any of my guns. I've just been finding modded guns. I've done a bunch of that. And maybe I should have put my points elsewhere, uh, especially considering like when you new game plus, you can't carry stuff with you. But mm. um yeah, when I do New Game Plus, I'll just be instantly ready to start modding some stuff. So, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I want to work more on being able to mod like the armor that I have because that seems super useful because you could like mod it to have more like storage capacity mm-hmm. and more like defense. But uh, so far I've been focusing mainly on like modding guns. Um. Have you had any interesting random encounters as you've been, like, flying around? I had one with a crazy ship that uh, was, like, a Starborn ship, a Starborn Guardian. Yeah. And they were, they wanted me to give them an artifact, but I was like, no, and I just destroyed them. But then I was doing a random side quest that was just one of the contracts for this Freestar uh, Collective the Freestar Rangers, mm-hmm. where I just like had to go to a mine and kill like a pirate captain or something. So I landed on this planet, and one of those starborn ships just also landed. And I was like, oh man. And it was pretty far away from the mine I was supposed to go to, but I, I trekked over there to this other location, and it was just hanging out. It was just like I could climb on it. There was a door, but it said it was inaccessible, so I couldn't oh. go in it. 
I was going to ask uh, if you could steal it. <laughs> yeah, I would love to try to get in there and steal it, but it didn't really do anything. And I was like, okay, maybe like this is a thing where I'll go do my mission. And then once my mission is complete, I'll leave the mine and it will do something maybe. Uh, but that was not the case because I, I did my mission and then I was about to leave and I was like, it's still there. I'll, I'll go back over, but it was still inaccessible. So I don't know what was going on with that. I don't know if it was just like a weird thing that's supposed to freak me out or, or what, but, uh, or if something was supposed to happen, but I did run into that grandma as well that you mentioned. Um, I've run into a couple people who have wanted me to like deliver packages for them because their ship is messed up. Mm-hmm. I ran into I- a couple people and I wonder if this happened to you where I dropped into a zone and I heard pirates being like, give up all your stuff. And then one of them was like, oh my God, that's the Mantis. And they got really afraid and ran away. Yeah. So the Mantis ship is like recognizable to pirates. So uh, occasionally they'll come in and be like, oh, that's the Mantis. Uh, We're sorry, please don't kill us. (laughs) And then other times they'll be like, that's the Mantis. They've got a target on their back. Let's take them down. So it's a little, it goes both ways, but. Yeah, if you're flying around in that, you'll have some interesting encounters that way. But um, I had one where I went in and there was like this woman who was like doing some like research uh, project, like kind of by herself. But she was on like an older ship. And so we had this whole conversation. And at the end of it, she's like, well, I'm going to head out now. And so she like started spinning up her grav drive. But then she it was like this awkward moment where you've like said goodbye to somebody, but you end up either walking the same direction or <laughs> like stuck waiting uh, to leave. And so it's sort of awkward like that. And she's like, uh, yeah, my uh, grav drive is really old. So it like takes a long time to spin up. And so she starts like telling this joke. And as soon as she gets to the punchline, the grav drive kicks in and she <laughs> like vanishes. It was pretty funny. I have been mostly hanging out in Aquila City. Uh, for whatever reason, I've been doing a bunch of the side quests there. Uh, but I think I'm almost wrapped with most of those, at least for now. So I'm probably going to be say, heading out somewhere else. I, I feel like the game does a good job of like withholding some things because I like keep like every time I end up going back to either New Atlantis or Aquila City or Neon, I feel like I'll walk past some random person and they'll say something and, and it'll end up like sparking a new little side quest for me. So I don't know, just because I feel like I have mostly wrapped up the stuff on one place. Every time I go back there, I end up like finding something new to do. Oh, Uh, I will say a great thing that I've done that I recommend is I gave, so Barrett is my main companion right now. And I just, I gave him a rocket launcher. And so he that's his only gun so he uses it all the time and so he'll just constantly be shooting rockets uh infinite rockets everywhere which has been really funny i did a quest in aquila where like a girl is putting sensors everywhere because she's detecting some like activity from those big like beasts outside the walls and uh the like head of police was like well let's go outside the walls and take a look there's there's definitely not like a giant one and then there was a giant one. Uh, but Barrett just like shot it with a rocket launcher and it immediately died. <laughs> and uh, I talked to the guy. And I was like, oh, man, I didn't know if we were going to survive that. But like Barrett's just in the background looking at us like I just killed. It just took like one second to kill. <laughs> but if your companion uh, 
whatever weapon you give them, if you give them one ammo of that weapon, yeah. they'll, they'll use it. So if you if you come across one of those like basically grenade launchers, just give them one of those, and it just like clears people out super fast. Yeah, we talked about it uh, in last week's show. As long as you give them like one bullet for a gun or one grenade, they will just have infinite ammo yeah. and infinite grenades, and they they will be a total wild card because they will just launch those anywhere. And yeah. so they will take you out if you're not careful, but <laughs> it's very cool. Yeah. A, a lot of people recommend giving people that like, uh, one gun that like fires grenades basically. Yeah. And so they'll just run around destroying everything. But, uh, that's definitely a funny thing oh, to do. I, I found another weird thing that I think is part of a quest. I was in the well and, uh, I was turning off those power things and that one of those power things was like uh, the girl who was helping me find him. She was like, yeah, it's, it's under that one apartment they're always trying to sell. And I was like, oh, I wonder if this is an apartment I can buy or something. So I went up to the apartment and it was locked, but I unlocked it. And inside there was a dead body and just like a giant robot dog that attacked me. Um, so I killed the dog and I like looked around and there was like some stuff I could steal, but... I don't know if that's like part of something else that I have already done now, huh. but uh, it was a weird thing that I found. I have not seen that. Maybe I, have, I should go back down into the well and see. Maybe what you'll else come is to it naturally. There. I think I maybe came to it too early. Yeah, I always wonder about that. If it's possible to like sort of half break quests by like getting into areas you're not supposed to be too yeah. soon, but um, let's talk about things we wish Starfield did that it it doesn't do but maybe could in like a an update or a dlc Hmm. because i would really like it if i could assign crew members to the ships in my fleet that i'm not using and like send them on like resource or like yeah some sort of mission because i i think you you can do that in no man's sky or you can like buy frigates and while you're on your your freighter you can just like assign them to go out on missions and then it's like a certain amount of time they'll be gone and then they come back and they may have like resources for you well um, i was thinking about this uh actually because when i got that star eagle ship i was like oh, i guess i'm not gonna use the razor leaf anymore and i thought like man a cool dlc would be if similar to that skyrim dlc where you got your own house and you could like you know build it out and have like a little farm and stuff if there was a DLC where you got like an abandoned shipyard and then like all your ships would appear there and all your people would just chill there, that would be really cool. Yeah. I thought of that too. It would be cool to just have like a giant hangar where you could see all the ships in your fleet that you could just like walk past and be like, here's all my ships. And then I'm going to go into this one and select this one to be my home ship for now. So yeah, I would like to have something like that as well. Uh, but I also want them to add like other companions from like outside of Constellation that are like, you know, fleshed out characters and not just like you went into a bar and like hired some like hired gun type of a character who doesn't really have as much like side story to them as some of the the Constellation characters. But I want that to include like some evil companion <laughs> so that when yeah. you do like a, a, a bad guy playthrough as you know, you're not just rolling with the Constellation crew who are like all pretty goody two shoes that like hate it when you do evil yeah. things. Uh, it would be nice to have like some of both. But um, yes, uh, I guess we can get into what Bethesda announced this uh, last week for 
the first update, some small hot fixes. They're uh, targeting some of the top issues um, that includes their, so they're adding brightness and contrast controls, HDR calibration menu and FOV slider, which I'm very excited about. I hope that comes to console as well. Cause I pretty much always widen out the field of view. If that I can. HDR is also needed because there's definitely times where that's the, the flashlight is not powerful enough. And if yeah. I'm playing like in the daytime, sometimes I'm kind of just like wandering around in the dark. So if I could adjust that, that would be great. Yeah, with, with brightness and contrast and HDR, you, you should be able to see better in the game for sure. Uh, but they're also adding uh, NVIDIA DLSS support for PC and like wide monitor support and an eat button. So like when you are like looking uh, at things that you might pick up, if you find food, you can just immediately eat it. So you don't have to pick it up, go into your menu and then eat it. So that's kind of a nice little quality of life improvement. Um. And they were uh, also talking about how they're they're gonna add built-in mod support, like because they have had this in past Bethesda games, like Skyrim, and I think they sh- they had it in Fallout Four as well. So even if you're on console, you will eventually be able to add mods to Starfield, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I, I think they intend to continue to add stuff and add dlc and um, new features and everything so i'm very excited about that um yeah anything else you want them to add that they have not announced yet i would love a little dune buggy or like a little motorcycle that i could get because like sometimes you're hanging out like you go to a do a side mission on a planet and you're like like that for instance that one where i found that starborn ship that had landed I had just I had to trek over to that other area because it wasn't in the immediate zone. If I could have just had like a little motorcycle I could get on just to get from point A to point B, um, especially because like I mean a lot of the places you land in the distance you'll see like a weird little like facility or like a structure of some kind, but it takes forever to run around there and like I don't think it's a great gameplay loop to run until your oxygen runs out and then to have to walk for a while and then you can run again. I think it would be more fun, especially in low gravity places where you could do like tricks and stuff. Um, I feel yeah, like they and have you could to have add. like a little, little cargo space on it too. So you that could would be like great. add more stuff to it. But I feel like that's I mean, definitely down the line. The thing to solve would be like, well, where does this go in the ship? Is it yeah. on the ship? How do you like? It would probably have, it? It would have to be a module. You would add onto the ship where it's like a container almost for yeah. that vehicle. Yeah, but, I mean, they had horses in Skyrim. Like, the, they have the mount <laughs> technology. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, hopefully they do do that. I mean, they added a motorcycle to Breath of the Wild. So, yeah. I mean, I feel like you can add this to Skyrim. Be great. It would probably look Skyrim, really cool, Starfield. too, because everything there is, like, super coolly designed. So... Yeah, and maybe you could like design it yourself, like, yeah. a, a sort of similar the way you do your ship. You could add, like, different... Uh, features to it maybe you want one that has more cargo capacity maybe you want one that moves faster i feel Um, like that's likely to happen it's it's like such a good idea i don't know why it wouldn't happen yeah one of those things that it's almost like why isn't it here to begin with yeah but uh definitely something they could add at some point um any other things you wanted to talk about for where we're at in the game right now uh not yet i'm next week i'm sure we'll have much more to say who knows yeah maybe I, was we'll say, I think we're 
I think we're still a little bit holding off on diving into like spoiler territory for not just the main quest, but some of those uh, faction quests just until uh, we have a little bit more chance to to dig into them, but also more people can play through them. Because so you said you've completed the Freestar Rangers one. Yeah, and that's the only one I've even started, but I might do the UC Vanguard next. I've completed Freestar Rangers, UC Vanguard, and Reunion Industries, but I have not completed the Crimson Fleet one yet. Uh, I'm working on that one, and it's very cool, but I haven't finished it yet. So, and I I don't, I couldn't tell you where I'm at in the main quest line. I I have picked up a good number of those powers, because a lot of those you can do like separate to completing the main quest line. You just Mm -hmm. talk to that Vladimir guy and, and. they're like hey do you know where any more of these anomalies are and he's like yeah here's one here and you can just go there and grab it real quick <laughs> and so you have like more powers to choose from uh which uh, to your point of it being annoying running around planets and running out of like your o2 or whatever you have one that's one of the powers is just personal atmosphere so as you can run until you basically start seeing red and then you hit the button to activate your personal atmosphere and it just immediately restores that and you can run without draining for as long as that's active so that one's super super useful especially if you end up over encumbered you can just hit the button and you're like good to run around without draining your your life bar basically so uh on that note we'll we'll pick up more starfield conversation i'm sure uh on next week's podcast and as we continue to play through it but for now, I guess we'll leave it off there. Do you have any uh, parting wisdom? I think it's the same as last week. Uh, I believe last week I just said, yeah, play Starfield. It's <laughs> yeah. the best wisdom I've got these, these days. These days, just play some Starfield and enjoy it. And that's what I'm doing. So uh, on that note, go ahead and follow us uh, at Starside Cafe. I almost said Starside Chat. It is <laughs> Starside Cafe. Uh, on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, and we'll catch you on the next one. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.